And welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined by Nikki, as always. How are you doing, Nikki? I am well. How are you? I am also well, thank you. Good. We just about, like, pretty much started this episode and I told you that I was going to put soothing music on in the background to listen to while we recorded. I don't know why, I've never done that before. Um, and I, I didn't tell you that the music I chose, I thought might be a good, chill music to listen to, was, uh, for some reason, the Tomb Raider theme. What? <laughs> and, yeah. and I was just... <laughs> what about Tomb Raider, to you, screams soothing? I don't know. I've been, I've been playing the Tomb Raider Power Wash DLC and I've actually just been playing the Tomb Raider theme because it's actually really chill just on repeat while I play it because I'm a fucking weirdo. And I was like, I know what would chill me out tonight for this podcast. The Tomb Raider theme. And as soon as it started playing and your intro came in, I was like, this is wrong. This is so weird. This Why not- am I doing this? So I turned it off. I mean, fair. Um, I don't... That's not the vibe. You know, no. I, I think I know how you got there from Power Washing Simulator. That is a very chilled time, but just general Tomb Raider. It's no. been a day, it's and stressful. I didn't. I don't think I knew what I wanted, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want that. <laughs> I can't listen to you and and talk while I've got like this sort of like chorus going in, in my ears. I yeah. just can't. It was a mistake, and I just wanted to tell everyone. Hello. Everyone, welcome to our podcast. Nikki's made a mistake. It's two <laughs> seconds in. She's made a choice. It went badly. I think that sums up a lot about us two. We made yes. a choice. It went um, badly. That sums it up. If you've never been here before, that's pretty much what the podcast is. Uh, but we do make lists. We make top five lists of video game topics. Yeah, of things. It's in the name. Uh, yeah, we talk about them, and sometimes we get angry, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just judge each other, and I feel like you're going to judge me today. I judge myself today. Really? I wasn't expecting this to be a judgy episode. So judgy. Um, I... Okay. I mean, We I haven't, we haven't said what this is yet. I know no. everyone can read it in the title, but we still haven't actually said yet. Yeah, let's introduce what this is going to be. Um, and also, I'm throwing a weird curveball by saying my name for this episode is best games to play on switch putting in the caveat of like this is games on the nintendo switch not exclusives maybe one day there'll be a top five exclusive nintendo games but that is not this list yeah i think the other reason i've gone for that is because my list i feel like you're going to be like i know what your list is going to be it definitely have this this and this in it and it probably doesn't because i've gone with the whole What's the best thing to play on Switch? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What do I enjoy the most on there? Not and what is fair. technically the best game on there, if that I mean, makes any sense whatsoever. The reason I said you were going to judge me is because, yeah, a, a large portion of mine probably aren't exclusives and they're probably just terrible, really. And <laughs> come listen to our podcast about video game <laughs> topics and top fives. When, when I say terrible... with our top fives. I don't mean terrible... terrible. I just mean like un Nintendo. The thing is, like, mm. there'll probably be a lot of people that would do this list, and they'd have all these like cool Nintendo exclusive games that only can, you know. Uh, that's not me. That is not me. Apparently, I don't really even like the Nintendo um, <laughs> as a company because hardly any of my games are made by Nintendo. <laughs> to be fair, actually, when I think of you and the games that you enjoy. Nintendo doesn't really tend to come spring to mind. No, no. So this is a really good top five for me. The only one that does is one that I guess we can't really talk about now. No, we can't talk about your thing. No, we'll get to that. I'll explain it if it comes up. If not, you'll never know, and that's a terrible thing. Welcome Um, to a terrible top five. (laughs) Yeah. 
I guess we should just play the wonderful intro then. <laughs> well, it's all gone downhill, so let's just go. Yeah. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? Oh, a three-headed monkey. Oh, go. I realised that we didn't mention the reason why we're actually doing this episode. We didn't. And to be honest, I can't remember. You can't remember? Nope. We're doing this because of the Nintendo Direct that happened the other day. Yes. Three weeks ago. <laughs> I was going to say, that was ages ago. Look, when have we ever gotten on a hype train I, at the correct time? Never. It's always been after the fact, yeah. That's fair. This is actually quite good. It was like three weeks ago. That is, that's good for us. Normally it's like, yeah, we're doing this episode topic because this thing happened, like this game came out like two months ago <laughs> and we just thought about it and we thought maybe we should do the thing. But no, with the Nintendo Direct, which I didn't fucking watch. I was going to say, did either of us watch the <laughs> Nintendo Direct? I watched a couple of uh, highlight reels mm. on TikTok. I'm such a gamer. <laughs> but I think I even purposely avoided this direct because I knew it was going to have some Breath of the Wild stuff in it and I didn't want to see it, so I didn't oh, watch it. <laughs> We're so in the know. We're here to tell you all about Nintendo games. We didn't fucking watch the direct. I mean, I can tell you that from what I did see, I wasn't that excited about that much. But hey, doesn't matter. We're not here to talk about those fucking games. We're really on the hype train, aren't we? Yeah, we're not that bothered. <laughs> we're like, yeah, this we're is... talking about we're talking about the Nintendo Switch because of the hype, but we didn't watch it. We don't really care. <laughs> we, we just want the the listens. <laughs> we're on there for the hype that we just don't have. <laughs> we're not even on the hype train. We're just on the thing at the back, just like we're just on, on the little train. mine cart following, just... just seeing like seems interesting. Should we should we follow? Yeah, go on then. <sighs> anyway. Cool. We established that it's your turn to go first. My turn. So nobody judge me, please. I I promise you that I will play more Nintendo games on my Switch. But this one, this one, my number five, is a Nintendo game. And it is the one that everyone expected me to pick. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Good. Now, is that a crossover? No. We forgot to mention about the crossover, actually. We did, actually. That was almost... I think that was almost a crossover, so let's talk about that now. Um, yeah, because also our crossover, the, the person that comes in to tell us we've had a crossover is a Nintendo man. He, he is a Nintendo man. This is his time to shine. He's yeah. been on the Switch. So me and Nikki don't discuss our top fives before we talk about them, which means sometimes our lists might have crossovers on them. And in which case, you will hear this noise. Oh! Yeah, there he is. Yeah, um, Mr. Beagle. Um, from Zelda fame, and he will tell us, hey, you done fucked up. So, back to my top five. Yeah. My number five, as I said, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I The reason I didn't want to pick this game was because I only really played this game for a short amount of time. <laughs> but do you know what? I, play, I played, like I think, like 300 hours or something. This game... It, it was a good time and I can't fault it for what it gave me and I can't fault it for the impact that it had on my life. I do check in on my Animal Crossing game occasionally. Um, nice. The villagers are all dead, obviously. <laughs> I joke. I don't know they, if that happens. <laughs> if they, they did, don't. you murdered them. 
No, so I, I do check in. But the thing is, the reason why I'm sort of, I, I'm not happy myself at picking this is because we've spoken about Animal Crossing a lot. And we did a whole episode special on it. We did. We talked about it for like four hours. I don't know how long that, it's was it two time. in two parts? I'm not sure. But, you know, every, everyone knows Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's not something that is new to anyone, especially me picking it. But it is in itself quite an amazing little gem, I think. Yeah. And... The truth is, I would play it more if they had released more shit for it. But I just feel like, you know, they had it going for a bit. They were releasing stuff in a certain way and then and then they just stopped. And I just felt like I had no reason to return because I'd almost completed the game mm. in a sense. But, I, you know, as I said, I picked it because it's still a game that I spent a lot of time on. If I go through all my hours played, Animal Crossing is one of the highest on the Switch. It's a good all-round game. I haven't actually given information about this. It came out in 2020, obviously. Time of the pandemic. We played it. We had a great time. Yeah. I think that's why it solidified in our games list. Because I don't know if I would have touched it outside of the pandemic. But because of the pandemic, it was literally the most perfect time yeah. to get that climate game. We all had a, a social time on, on our desert islands. Which is, yeah, you, you basically get your own island uh, from, from a guy called Tom Nook. Who likes to break knees. Um, and give you loans that you'll never pay back. Yeah. But it's kind of like a dollhouse simulator in a way. You kind of just create and make your own like house and give houses to villagers. It's very, it's a very simple game in that sense. All the villagers are cute. They're all animals. Actually, some of them aren't cute. Let's be real. Some of them are evil. That koala. Do you remember that koala that I had on my island for the first? Oh, yeah. It was horrible to me. You hated it. But yeah, you know, but the only thing I was going to say as well is like, as I said, they, they did do some updates. They did the uh, Happy Home Paradise, which I played, which was weird. You would go to, to different islands and you would design vacation homes for villagers, basically. Oh. Uh, which was fine. And I, I played it for a bit. I think that was 2021 that released. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember there was that other thing where you went to that creepy guy's house with the camera and he would take pictures. It sounds wrong when I say I it now. Yeah, it was yeah. wrong. What were you playing? Maybe that wasn't Animal Crossing. Um, mm. But yeah, like it just feels like a lot of the updates haven't really happened. Oh, and then there was the there was the little like coffee shop as well. I can't remember when that opened. Oh up. yeah, they did add um, Brewsters to the. Yes. I don't know if I've ever been to Brewsters just because I think I stopped playing by that point and I didn't really I mean, care enough to go back and visit. I a... went there. I had a coffee, and that was it. A pigeon, yeah. That was it. And I sound like I'm bitching about this game. I'm not, because it's in my, it's my top five. But, yeah. It, it's like I said, I, I put it in there just for the, for the sake of the fact that it would be wrong not to, because yeah. it's a Nintendo game, it is an exclusive, and I played it a lot. Just yeah. want to play it more if there was more stuff. I think that it's it's great. I It's very one of those ones where I'm very close to putting it in. I think for me, it just was... We'd spoken about it so much. We'd done a whole special on it. Um... And I think, although I got very much into it during the pandemic, and it was great, and I really enjoyed it, I I think I fell off the fastest and yeah, haven't did, ever yeah. returned. That was, I, I've I, just never picked it up again. I've just yeah. gone, you know what, I've, I've spent my time on my island, I don't care. I was definitely playing it in 2021, and maybe a little bit at the beginning of 2022, but nice. um, that was pretty much where I fell off. But mm. yeah, I, I just think the what it meant to me at the time was was quite large and i i think you know if anyone's never played it i wish i could go back to those days in some ways i think that when i was living my life in animal crossing and not going outside and just worrying about turnip prices every day was yeah. quite a blessed life yeah i think that's it i do long for the days of of all i care about is the turnip stock market you know 
But that's it. I mean, I've got one fact because we've spoken about this game a lot. There was going to be just facts that we couldn't, you know, we'd covered everything. So there's this one thing that I did find, which I thought was quite cool and relative to what I was saying, which is in March 2021, the National Video Game Museum kept a record of the game and its impact during the COVID-19 pandemic titled The Animal Crossing Diaries. And the record contained like visuals, audio interviews from players throughout 2020 who kept track of their progress and reflected like on their experience and how it affected them. And like Lex Roberts, the curator, was just basically wanted to capture what made the game so popular alongside obviously all the cultural impact and everything. And I just thought that was just really cool because we, in a sense, do that with our friends and stuff. Like I posted mm. long ago on Twitter, all of our like memories of being on there. And I, I think in 2020, it was, I mean, it was a weird year. The Animal Crossing just took off so much and it just had this such an impact. There was like talk shows and stuff like that were going yeah. on in that time. And like Elijah Wood, there was this whole thing about Elijah Wood being on Animal Crossing, which was <laughs> the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it was, it, yeah. It just brought, it was one of those things where Animal Crossing brought pure joy. There was nothing particularly dark or sinister around it. Like, mm. in my land, anyway. Um, but, like, <laughs> but from all of the talk shows and stuff, like, it just seemed to garner this really, like, piece of light in a very weird and dark time. I yeah. I just have nothing else to say other than it was momentous for me on the Switch. And I know we've gone over it, but, you know, it had to be done. Or Tom Nook would break my knees. Yeah, that's fair. We always have to appease Tom Nook somewhere. Yeah. We always yeah. talk about Beetle being in the cupboard, but Tom Nook is also in the cupboard and he's ready. He's in a very different cupboard. Like, Beetle's there just because he's chilling. Yeah. Tom Nook is locked away. Anytime he thinks out. that Animal Crossing needs to be mentioned, he's waiting. Yeah. If he doesn't hear his name, then he's got his He'll charge us baseball bat. Five million bells and move us to an island. Anyway, that's my disappointing number five. I don't think it was disappointing. I liked it. And I'm glad that it got a mention. Good. Um, my first one is actually one of my non-Nintendo-only things. But I think it's one of the ones that I've enjoyed best by having it on a Switch. So my first one, number five, is going to be Slay the Spire. Okay. Um, so this, if you haven't played it before, is a roguelike deck-building game. It's originally... I think it's published by Humble Bundle, but made by Mega Crip. Um, it was first on the like PC and stuff a little while ago, but then eventually it was all brought out on like all the other consoles, which including, I think even mobile as well. Um, you basically play as a single, like one of four characters, um, and you have slightly different decks and abilities that you start off with when you pick each character and then you kind of have to just make your way through the dungeon and you build your deck as you go like each time you clear a section you get a new card and then you build up and up and up and up and you just kind of aspire to make it to the top of the spire it's it's one of those games where it's really easy to pick up i think because of the way they've done it but it's really challenging as well kind of ramps up in its difficulty um i think like the first couple characters are really easy to play but then as you unlock different ones by completing one run of the spire some of the kind of mechanics around the decks that they have get more and more complicated um it's just a nice kind of very easy turn-based card game but it's got some nice little extra bits in in the sense of like as you're kind of the way that you make your way through the dungeon is just like you pick a dot on a path and then that will do something so it might be that there's a enemy to encounter or a boss um there's shops that you have and then other things that just like random events um and make your cards better or make them worse or just something else that you get and then you also get some kind of like these little things kind of like i think they're called artifacts and they basically are like little mutators so they 
change some of the stuff and work with your deck or work against it and you kind of have to think a little bit about what you pick up from where and what you accept on your journey as you kind of go through to kind of make the best thing um if you like anything to do with like deck building games in general this is a really lovely game it i don't think it i don't know if it won anything it definitely got nominated for a bunch of stuff but yeah it's just a really easy game and the reason i've put it on this switch list is because i think it's perfect for the switch because it's very much like if you have five, 10 minutes, you can sit in your handheld mode of switch and do like a run and then put it down or you can just like keep going. It's quite addictive. You do kind of want to keep going, but it's also one of those games where it's you can pick it up and put it back down. I really like it for when I'm traveling because it's very much like a easy thinking but not kind of distracting game, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're very much into your like deck building. Yeah, I, I got into them. Like I, I played Hearthstone and then I just really enjoyed them. And then I... Anytime I find ones that are just quite interesting and different, it's just mm. kind of fun. Um, I seem to have a bit of a fear of, of card games. I think it spans from a lot of like uh, Final Fantasy. Is it Final Fantasy that had like the, maybe Final Fantasy VIII? And there's some other games where like you can go play cards. For some reason, I am very seem to be very afraid of, of decks of cards. Nine had Tetramaster, which was kind of like a card yes. game. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't I know think why. that's where I get it from. I liked it because I really loved Tetramaster. Um, but I love like you know card games and things like that in real life. But you get it in a game and it just honestly frightens me. But this game like looks really cool, the art design and everything. Yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. And like I said, it is quite easy to kind of pick up. So I would recommend giving it a try. I don't have many facts for this um, for this list, but one of my facts is that they are making a board game version of this. Um, they did yes. a crowdfunding campaign and they reached their goal in like six minutes or something ridiculous. Um, and they basically raised four million in total to make the card game. So hopefully at some point we'll actually see a physical copy. So you can maybe like play the physical one and then get over the fear for playing the, you know, digital version. That is true. That is true. Mm. It's a bit of a short and sweet one because there's not really much to it, but there is. It's one of those, you could go into all the nuances of it, but that's really boring for a podcast. So I won't, but it was a good, it's a good game. I recommend. Cool. Nice. I have heard of it to be fair. I've heard people talk about it. Yeah, it did really well and it was really popular when it came out. So, yeah, it's about. So, my number four, I picked something which I never actually thought I would get into, but I've gotten into it recently. Um, and it's just come out, which is Theatre Rhythm, Final Fantasy, Final Bar Line. Now, I nice. have played the main game now as well. It's very cool because I remember you actually spoke about one of the older ones back yeah. in the day. Oh, and I yes. was like, that sounds really cool. I want to play that. I never did, but I think we potentially spoke about the first, the next one. The was it curtain call that you played? Yes, curtain call on the three DS. Yes, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I want to play that. I'm gonna play that, and I obviously yeah. never did. But this one obviously came out on the Switch, and I have a Switch, so it was prime time for me to play. It. And the demo came out first, and you played the demo as well, didn't you? Yep. Yes, and yeah, it was it. just really fun. I mean, I suck at rhythm games. But now I kind of, I'm kind of into it. You're getting it. I'm getting it. I'm, I'm getting the appeal. And but to be honest, I think obviously the main thing that draws me in is the Final Fantasy music. Like I, I adore yeah. Final Fantasy music. And so being able to kind of have a fun game with that is very cool. So I'll just give you a bit of information about it. It's the fifth entry in the Theatre Rhythm series. 
and it's as I said, it's a rhythm game and it involves like timing inputs to various themed music from Final Fantasy games, like even the older ones to the newer ones. But in this one, the assortment of music has been actually expanded to encompass various Square Enix franchises outside of the actual flagship of the series. So yeah, it was released on the 16th of February this year. So, Recent. you know, relevant. We're up to date and all that. We're cool. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't watch the direct, trends, but we're cool cool thing about it as well is it sort of incorporates these kind of rpg elements as well so it's not just kind of like pick up thing smash buttons to the music like there is kind of like you can pick different characters and you kind of like level up and the whole thing kind of moves along like it's some sort of like well some of them are like boss battles right mm. and some of them are kind of just like the i don't know what they're actually called but like the wandering the field Encounters, ones i guess yeah. you could call them yeah i know what you mean we're very new to this world so apologies to anyone that's kind of like she doesn't know what she's saying yeah I don't really know what I'm saying, but I have managed to increase my difficulty level. So I'm on, you know, I'm doing expert and stuff. I'm kind of nice. like, I'm not on basic anymore. I'm not, I'm not a basic bitch as much as I was when I started. But some of it's fucking hard. Yeah. It's not easy as a, as a rhythm game goes. It kind no, of does. Not. But I feel like it ramps up nicely. That's one thing I would say about it. It's, it's like each step above feels like once you practice a bit you can do it it doesn't feel like suddenly it changes and you're like oh god i could never i could never get to that point for sure yeah my coordination is uh is absolutely terrible but i i do feel like i'm i'm getting it now there's a lot of things that confuse my brain at first but you know um my caveman brain is is upgrading slightly i won't be going on to supreme mode yet which is obviously the highest one and the scariest one but yeah it's it's hard to say like too much about this game obviously because it literally is just a rhythm game to an extent yeah so i i think like people who obviously love final fantasy probably also love this game unless they hate rhythm games in which case you probably fucking hate it but yeah i i like the fact that as well it has it's added music from the final fantasy remake um and also some other like some other games apparently as well i mean i haven't seen yet but i think they're releasing um some stuff from like octopath traveler and Senegears and Chrono and, and Mana. I think they're also I think they had a near one in there as well. Yes. Like yeah, yeah, big big Square Enix owned things that are on the same vibe seem yeah. to be added. Which is cool because that's kinda what you want. Yeah. It's very cool. And uh yeah, I, I played the Final Fantasy VIII one. I really enjoyed that. That's one of my favourite games and some of my favourite music. So that was very cool. Yeah, it's a good time. There is really nothing to say. I couldn't find any facts, but it was it was fun. Nice. Yeah, this is a game that um, I really want to play. Um, the fact that I don't have it was why I was like, I I'm sure if I played it, I would have gone in my list because um, it's really a good time. And I played the demo because you told me to go play it and it was awesome and it was. But yeah, it is like you said, there's not really much you can say about it other than if you like Final Fantasy music, you'll have a wonderful time. Yeah. Oh, as well, I don't think there's, but you can put it in pair mode where you can get two people playing. I've done that, like the same song. Um, nice. That's very so. cool. So if one of you is shit, then you both lose. But yeah, at least you're doing it together, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. That's my number four. Short and sweet. Nice. That's a good one. I like it. Thanks. My number four is going to be Streets of Rage 4. So this is obviously the fourth one in the Streets of Rage series that originally came out on the Sega Mega Drive or Genesis, whichever one you call it. Um, I think this is the only one not to come out on that console. But I feel like if there was going to be a console that 
that Streets of Rage works on and feels closest to an original, I feel like it's a Switch. Mm-hmm. Just because it kind of... I feel like so, there's something about having the tiny little Joy-Cons reminds me of having a, a tiny little old Mega Drive controller. And I think it's just one of those things where it, it where the Switch is really good at kind of fostering that multiplayer stuff on a couch co-op level. This feels like it matches that, and that's kind of what I remember Streets of Rage being. Yeah, it kind um, of matches that energy, for sure. Yeah, and that's kind of why I put it on this particular list. But overall, Streets of Rage 4 um, is just a really good game. If you liked the original Streets of 4, I really enjoy this one. I think they did a really great job at making the art style feel really familiar but kind of making it all new without kind of relying on making it just another pixel art game they went leaned into the more kind of this is what we would have done if we'd had the graphics back in the day we would have Mm -hmm. made it more kind of this cartoony it reminds me a lot of like the old x-men fighting games where they're kind of that nice kind of cartoony drawn feel i'd say as well it feels similar levels of difficulty um however they have modernized it in the sense of you can get chapter points in this one. So it's like, if you do die, you get lives and you can restart. However, um, there is an arcade mode in there and you can kind of return to the old experience if you want to, where you kind of have to play through the whole thing with a limited amount of lives. I don't think anyone wants to go back there. Those days, no. I mean, I loved gaming back when I was a kid and I loved those games, but like, I do not miss the whole, you literally have to play this game straight. And if you die, you have to go back to the beginning. Like I, I hated it so much. Yeah, it also like, it's when you forget that, saving when that came out as an ability mm. was that was a really big deal for us because before it was like you have to write down the code if it was a game that gave you like a passcode to get to that level if not you were gonna have to do the run all the, the whole way through every single time i feel like that's why games were a lot harder and shorter yes yeah definitely there were only like four levels ever because yeah. they kind of relied on you only being in there for like two hours at a time if you could do or you had to like leave your console on all the time yeah. <laughs> and then it would just overheat although saying that did they even overheat because they weren't really made of like no i think anything. the bigger risk was that your parent would come upstairs and like turn it off they were like you're yeah. not using this why is it on but yeah as well as all of that kind of other stuff the soundtrack does a really amazing job as well it's it kind of matches the energy of the original one but it kind of still feels new however again if you really miss the original there is an option to do like a retro audio thing and it will give you the old music i think from two one and two so you can kind of feel even closer to the originals um i think the thing is i just really like streets of rage and this one was just a a new streets of rage and i know that i can if i had um the like nintendo online stuff now has all of the mega drive games um but I don't know, there was just something nice and new about this. It just felt kind of refreshing but old and familiar at the same time, which was really nice. Yeah, that's fair. I actually never played this one really. I think maybe I played like five minutes of it. I think maybe it came out on Game Pass, maybe. Um, and I played it a little bit, but um, but I need to actually properly play it because I, I loved the Ultra to Rage games. But yeah, I don't know. I need to do it. But it yeah, they're, they're a good easy one just to play like couch co-op for like an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, you you probably won't play it more than like the one time through, but it's just it kind of scratches that itch nicely. I think um, when you just miss the old kind of beat 'em up feeling thing, yeah, and it's a good time. Yeah, and like I said, the artwork and all the stuff is really pretty, but it still feels very similar to the old stuff. It's good. I enjoy it. I don't really have any facts though about it. 
That's okay. So, are we on to my number three? We are on to your number three. Okay. So this is also a very recent game, and this is also a game I haven't like fully finished, but it's also not an exclusive, just to warn everybody here. Ooh. But this game is a game that I've been really enjoying on the Switch, and it's a game called A Space for the Unbound. I don't know this game. Uh, it's an adventure video game developed by Mojikan Studio and published by Togue. Is it if it's Togue or Togi Productions, which are like my, one of my favourite developers? They're the Indonesian one, Indonesian developers uh, that made Coffee Talk. Yeah. Uh, I love them because they always make really cute, like, pixel games. But this was released. I mean, I got it this month, but I think it actually came out in January 2023. And it did come out on, on all consoles, pretty much like PlayStation 4 and everything, Xbox. But it came out on the Switch. And to me, it was just a no brainer to get on the Switch because it's just such a cute, kind of pixely, kind of looks like a point and click game as well, like an old school one. Mm-hmm. And it, cap- it captures, like, in my opinion, like, those kind of chillaxing I just I did not just say chillaxing let's just oh, edit that out my goodness the 90s <laughs> I was cold. trying to say I was trying to say <laughs> I was trying to say chill and relaxing and what did I do I said chillaxing I'm just gonna jump out of my window <laughs> I don't deserve to be alive <laughs> it's like you're just taken over by a 90s ghost chillaxing relaxing all cool is that what yeah, that uh, yeah, man Will Smith some... once said <laughs> Love it. Jesus Christ. I Next need to go to bed. Stuff's rad, man. I'm really tired. <laughs> Cowabunga and all that. Um, <laughs> so, this game, as I said, made by uh, some Indonesian developers. It uh, The one thing I like about it as well, it's set in like the late 1990s. It follows Atma and his girlfriend Raya, who live in rural Indonesia, which is such a rare setting for a game, which is why I mm. adore it back story to my life is I think I mentioned this before but I lived in Indonesia for like six seven months so for me like I mean I I loved it there it's an amazing place but as I said it's not really something that like I ever get to see in a game or even really in 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 our sort of like in western media like Mm. Indonesia I don't think has you know but anyway um so I I love it and the fact that the game is set actually in Indonesia and like they get all the buildings and all of like the the kind of environment to match what I knew and what I, I see as very familiar is amazing, which I just think is really, really cool. But it's also, he, I think the game designer wanted to like capture what it felt like to grow up in Indonesia in the 1990s and sort of preserve his memories, which is also a really cute thing. Hmm. So they've kind of like created this world. And as I said, it's all pixely as well. And it kind of, in a way, feels like I'm playing a really old game. And it, it kind of, the whole thing just fills me with like a lot of kind of nostalgic feelings emotions and it just makes me feel all fuzzy i like it and the music's really cute it sounds like a good time i think i remember we i don't know if we talked about this one but we talked about some stuff that that particular studio was doing a while ago now you're talking about it because i knew how much you loved coffee talk and yeah um the things around that i don't know if we ever actually spoke about this one because it kind of came out of nowhere for me and i didn't really realize until it was just there Mm. and um, I did. I did miss out a little bit actually. That it's not just about sort of rural Indonesia in the nineties. It is there's some sort of supernatural things that are going on and and stuff like that. So it's it's not just kind of like this day to day tale of of these two people in Indonesia. It's like there is kind of like this mythical thing that's happening. Yeah. But it has a very point and click vibe. You can kind of so far. I mean, I've been playing it 
last few days. So I haven't finished it yet. So I didn't go like too much on information in this game to get for this. But it's very like, you know, get a thing, go to a person, do a thing. Like it's, you kind of yeah. wander around, talk to people. And so it, it has diff- a different vibe to Coffee Talk in the terms of what the actual game is, is that it's more of an adventure one. Yeah. But you know how much I love point and clicks, that kind of stuff just mm-hmm. into it. Apparently there's also like little mini games and stuff. But most of the game is kind of at a slower pace and just involves the kind of exploring and talking. You also get to pet numerous cats and you can name them. Although you can't like name them your own name. You have to like pick from a selection of names. Nice. But there's so many cats and that is very Indonesia. When I was in Indonesia, there was always so many cats everywhere. Which, cats you know. for days. So I can confirm... That's realistic. But yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by the whole thing. It's so cute. I don't know if you've looked at it while I've been talking. Um, I haven't, no. I don't well, tend to I'm disappointed do that while you, you do. I do that. I look at it because I'm like, do. right, let's look at this so I know what she's saying. Because if I do, then I have to type. And I get told oh, yeah. off clicking and typing. <laughs> it's because when you type, it sounds like Godzilla's like taking down a building. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like smash, clacky, smash, smash. Claggy keyboard. Keyboard? keyboard <laughs> um but yeah i think you'd really like this game i think that you know so far i'm so intrigued and one of the reasons i think you'll like it as well is is a fact that apparently the game was heavily inspired by the works of japanese filmmaker makato shinkai who made like your name weathering with you oh, cool. and all those movies so like yeah. he's taken a lot of inspiration from that which i adore those movies and i really like the whole i think it's i think it's the whole kind of coming of age story where it's kind of like is this a love story like what is this kind of like school kids in that that sounds weird when I say it like that but that kind of environment and then something sort of supernatural weird happens and it just like you just you never know what to expect uh your name's probably one of my favorite films ever so I kind of get those vibes from this game that's very cool yeah especially if they've taken because they did such like there's a real certain way that those films tell stories um so that's really exciting um, yeah. if they kind of feel like they've captured that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I feel like so far it does. It has those vibes. Just set in Indonesia, which is cool. Which is, uh, nice. I, I'm into it. But anyway, another fact as well is, so Dimas Novan Delfiano, who's the, the game director from the development studio, uh, Mojikin of the game, they just started off with a team of like two to three people. Um, and they were also just making other games. I think they started doing it in like 2015. But it's a small team as well, which I appreciate. And my only other fact as well, which is a bit of a weird turn, but the game uh, does heavily feature anxiety and depression in the story. And Dimas and the rest of the development team did consult professionals, though, for their input to help telling it all appropriately. And I have picked up on a few of those things along the way. And I, I just think that's quite, quite not weirdly, I think weirdly nice in a sense. Yeah. Because it feels like, I think, quite a deep game. Like There's a lot of lighthearted elements to it, but it does, I think, tell quite a deep story so far. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's good shit and I'm really enjoying it and I really like Togi and Mojikin so yeah awesome that's very cool that links nicely I think to my number three because I feel like I've gone for a similar vibe here nice and so my number three is going to be Return to Monkey Island oh yes of course yeah so this was um the very recent addition to the Monkey Island series that came out this year or did it come out this year or end of last year? 
I feel like it... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what time is anymore. I can't actually remember and I don't have the date in front of me. I mean, but... at the end of the day, time is passing. It's uh, Things happen at certain points. We don't remember it when. came out recently. Um, within the last 12 months of this episode. <laughs> but um, it is a point and click game if you've not played Monkey Island. Most notably about this game though um is that ron gilbert who was the original creator of the series has kind of come back as the director for the first time um since the second one um which is very exciting so it feels kind of closest um to some of the original ones um it's really nice to kind of have the same feeling because although i would say like the more recent like the ones before that were okay they were just they still felt like they were missing something they were they were fun and it was nice to kind of go back to monkey island but it still was kind of missing something that felt like it was there so it kind of definitely felt like we were returning to that the i guess the main thing with this one is that the art style is really interesting they went with this really lovely kind of I don't know how to say it. It's a very, like, cartoony, like, Disney kind of-esque feeling. But everyone's a bit flat. It was very, like... It feels a bit like when Tim Schafer did that more Broken Edge one. If you've played Broken Edge, it kind of feels a bit like that art. Um, But it was just really nice and quite abstract. But still feels like if you put it into pixels, you'd kind of still see that you're on the same island. It's kind of a nice way to see a very familiar bunch of settings. Because you are just returning to a bunch of stuff you've already been to. Um, with like Melee Island and stuff but you are kind of feeling like you're doing something new we've also got Murray who's my favourite character ever Talking Skull Elaine is there all of the all of the all of the characters that you would expect to be there are there which is lovely Um, Mr LeChuck always being the thing the puzzles themselves I would say you could play it on hard mode or like I can't remember what they called it I think they basically called it like the mode you play if you've played Monkey Island and Point and Clicks before and I wouldn't say they were very challenging most of mm. the time. It was never a point where I was really stuck. And I can't work out whether that's just because I've become older and better at working these things out or they were slightly easier than they were before. It's probably a bit of both. Yeah, I I played this a little bit. This is the newest one, isn't it? The one... Yes. Yeah, on PC Game Pass. And, I did uh, come out on Game Pass, yeah. Yes, I played it a little bit. But I, I felt like... I've always done with this sort of thing which is where I want to play it because I'm like oh Monkey Island I haven't like I never really properly played them when I was younger I played them a little bit so I know of them and I I see things that I recognize but I um I was playing it and I was like I feel like this is so good for somebody who's played all of them and loves this series um yeah and I like appreciate it so much but I did sometimes there's points where I'm like there's so many references to old things that happened there's so many which must be so cool but I was like I have no idea what's going on but I I loved yeah. the art style and it did make me sort of think right <laughs> I need to actually play some of the older ones because I feel like I'd appreciate this so much more yeah I would say one big caveat to this game is really like they really lean into the whole I don't think they exclude new newer players no 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 play it, but you're very right I think you get way more out of it if you have played yes. any of the original because there's so many throwbacks and jokes and stuff yeah um, there is a really nice little scrapbook that you watch yes. at the start I, if you want yeah, to which is nice that- that really helped um that did really help a lot but but yeah from everything that i played and experienced like i i did really like it but i think i think i stopped because i was like i don't know i felt like maybe i need to go back a little bit more but yeah that's fair um it's i would definitely agree it's probably i get more out of it being such a big monkey island fan and i feel like 
it's one of those things because the humor in it is great and they really kind of lean on that humor and I think you get even more out of that humor again like you said if you kind of know it but I think as a as a sequel for basically what you kind of assume is number three because that's the last one he worked on it does feel like it kind of fits in that world really well the only thing I would say is that the ending was very odd it felt very abrupt kind of waiting for this kind of more like showdown with LeChuck and it I don't know if I ever got it which was Aww. the only thing I'd say um and I think as well I was more just like I'm just disappointed because I finally I finished this game and I kind of got through it quite quickly but it was yeah. a really really good game um if a little bit easy which I think is why I got through it so quickly but yeah I just again like I said it's just one of those really enjoyable ones for me so I had to I had to mention it and it was a more recent one that came out so I think as well, like these kind of games on, because I I know that when I speak about Nintendo Switch, it's funny because when I speak about Nintendo Switch, I never mean that I'm playing on a TV. I always play it handheld, pretty much. It's very rare that I'll put on a TV. Yeah. Um. So when I talk about things that I like to play, um, you know, a game like Monkey Island, like a, a point and click kind of game, because I I guess I refer my closest my closest reference to Monkey Island has always been Broken Sword, right? That was mm-hmm. always like my yin and yang with you. It was like. Uh, like I was always into Broken Sword and you were always into Monkey Island. There's two very like similar kind of games in the sense of what they were back in the day. Yeah, and I th- I think it's similar to Broken Sword in the sense that like it just feels right on a handheld kind of mm-hmm. thing. Definitely. Uh, obviously, the ability to put on the TV is great as well, but it's just it always just feels so much nicer. And and I th- I think yeah, I I can see why you'd pick it. Yeah, that was one thing because I could have got it on PC and I was tempted because I was like, oh, maybe I want to go for the purest route, like. I've played all of them on PC, so maybe I should play this one. But actually, the way that they did the stuff on the Switch, they'd done really well, and it was really easy to kind of navigate. It didn't feel awkward at any particular point. Um, yeah. So actually, and it was, and you're right. Like I just really liked having it handheld because it was just it's cozy. It, yeah, and it was a game I wanted to be cozy with. So yeah, no, it just yeah. worked perfectly for that. Do you know what? I probably if I had it on Switch, I probably actually would have continued playing. I think so. I was playing on mm. PC, and I I think. Yeah, I, I like I do like point and click games on on handheld more so. I mean, back in the day, it was it was PC obviously, but yeah, why why play a game like that on a chair when you can play it in your bed? Exactly, just it just doesn't make sense. When I say chair, I mean like office chair or gaming yeah. chair, not like sofa, because playing on the sofa is also great. But. Yeah, that's true. Actually, you could lie down on the sofa. Anyway, good pick. Thanks. Didn't expect it, but now now you've said it, I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, comes through. Well, it was point, my point and click to your point and click, to be fair. Yeah. I also lied because that was not an, another Nintendo exclusive. So. You did lie. Yeah. Nintendo, we're not doing a good job for Nintendo here, are we? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what number number two brings. My number two, yes. Are we there? Yeah. Yeah. So my number two. Oh, my God. I realise a trend today. I'm picking games that I've not finished, but I'm currently playing on the Switch. Does that count? I mean... <laughs> I think it counts. I think all it really says is that you just remember the thing that you're doing. No, no, at no, the no, time. no. <laughs> that's, that's not. That's not. We base I mean, these I, around let, current and key events. Do we think that's the case when I included Animal Crossing that I played for 200 hours in 2020? I more mean the 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 esque of the of the podcast. Right. True. But <laughs> this game. I've sunk 40 hours into it so far. So I've basically finished it. No, I haven't. I haven't. But I'm having a really good time. On a hundred hour game, I don't think you have. You don't know what it is yet. I bet I can guess. I have been playing and my number two is Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, that's what what the first one. 
But I am I am a little bit schemy here because technically, although this is a Switch game, like it's released on Switch, came out in 2020, it was originally released for the Wii. Oh, yes. So, but obviously it's a Nintendo game and it was, you know, remade yeah. for the Switch. So therefore, do you know what? It's fine. I'm pretty sure it came out in 2011 or 2012. So this might be one of my... <laughs> Like I don't know. This is this is quite a, a slow. I've I've got on this hype train like ten years too it, late. It fits our our trend, doesn't it? Though <laughs> so. But you know, everyone would always tell me to play Xenoblade, like, and it always looked like a game that I'd really enjoy because it kind of had those Final Fantasy vibes. I just never got around to it. And do you know what the reason I never get around to it? It's because Nintendo games are fucking expensive. Yeah. They don't go down. Games. No. I've been looking at Xenoblade on my wish list and on the Switch store for ages. And every yeah. time it was always like 50 quid. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't have 50 quid. I can only buy cheap games. I mean, I probably could have bought a physical copy. But anyway, I'm divulging at this point. So I picked Xenoblade. And I'm currently playing it on the Switch. I do put it on the TV sometimes because you know, this, this is one of those games that's quite big and you do kind of want to see it on the TV. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a very, very cool game. So I won't like go too much into the lore in the game. But it takes place on... <laughs> this sounds really morbid. Frozen bodies of two warring titans, the Bionis and the Maconis, which is kind of gross. Yeah, decaying. Yeah, I don't think they're actually decaying. I think it's like they would have died like a really long time ago. Cave that's irrelevant. Men. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there's this kind of like lore in that. But yeah, I kind of have to say that because it, it means something. But there's the people of the Bionis, which are like human-like creatures, which are basically humans, called Homs. And they're in this war with the, the Mechons, which are like the machine race. So that's the Mechonis. So it's kind of like this whole Bionis be the Mechonis thing. Um, obviously like two warring titans, but also the fact that they're warring in like in real life. And basically the game kind of starts with the protagonist, Shulk, he discovers that he can wield this this cool sword thing called the Bernardo. And uh, there's an attack on his colony by the Maconis and he sets out on a quest for revenge with his friend, Ryan, and other people join in as the game progresses. So it's kind of got those kind of like Final Fantasy vibes where you just sort of like pick up the companions along the way. Um, everyone each has their own kind of like skills and or art, they call it, in the game. And you just obviously I'm not going to spoil the lot. I haven't even finished the game, so I didn't I didn't want to go too <laughs> far down to. on that wiki page. Yeah, but yeah, it's very open world, which is cool. It is very beautiful, considering especially it came out like over ten years ago. I have been quite like amazed by some of the the kind of open worlds that they've created, and the kind of areas are also different. All these different kind of like environments. There's also a day and a nighttime cycle as well, which is really cool. Yeah, it's just massive. To be honest, is one thing that I've realised, and there's a lot of side quests. That's probably what I spent most of my 30 hours doing. I'm making my way through the story, but I'm also doing all this fucking bullshit in between. But I want to do it, and that's always the main thing with games like this. Like, I'm I'm enjoying kind of exploring, um, fighting enemies and stuff like that, and just kind of, like, exploring the world. There's also this cool affinity system, which tracks the relationship between the characters, and there's, like, different locations where you can kind of have, like, a, a heart-to-heart with nice. different players. Um, and I, I just quite like learning about the relationships between all the characters and, and things like that. So that's cool. And as I said, the story so far is really interesting. And it's kind of like it's it's piqued my interest. So but yeah, closest thing I think I've played to a Final Fantasy game that isn't Final Fantasy in a long time. Mm-hmm. A good old RPG. It's hard for me to get into them. But when I do, it's it's a good time. Yeah, I always feel like once you've just gotten over that hump of like, OK, this one feels like the right one for me. It's nice. It feels like that nice, rewarding kind of, like, connection to it. And I think you're right, like, 
I always go, I really need to stop doing side quests. But then I remind myself, I'm like, if I'm actually enjoying the side quests yeah. and the world, then they're worth. They're worth. And I'm levelling up because I'm shit as well, which is also a good thing. You get the grinding. That makes sense. Oh, as well, I forgot to tell you, there's good fashion. The funny Ooh. thing about the fashion is that, like, you sort of, I don't know how it unlocks. There probably is a way to it, but I just sort of um, seem to be unlocking these different, like, fashion sets. So, like, there's a, you'll get a t-shirt which is of this particular set and, like, you kind of just end mm. up unlocking them. But you can kind of chop and change them. The, the fashion is fun. Like, I, I'm quite enjoying it. And as well, because in the cutscenes nice. and stuff, you're wearing the outfits that you put on people. So you can oh, make like them that. absolutely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Some of them are so stupid, but it's hilarious. But the only thing is, I think this changed in the later games. I have noticed that a lot of the females' outfits are very booby and very, Aww. like, revealing. And that mm. did sort of make me go, hmm. There's literally one where it's, like, assless chaps for one of the women. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, mm. but you know, I was like, Japan, ten years ago, all right, that was that was a thing. Yeah. But I think the later games from what I've seen don't don't have that much because yeah, there was literally I was watching a cutscene with one of the women and it just panned to her and it, she was just like naked. I mean, don't worry, I put her in that outfit. You know, <laughs> so who picked this outfit? But as I said, it's just it's just silly. It's just it's just funny. I mean, to be fair, the guys also like can be topless and have all their whatever out well, that so at least it's bad. equal yeah at least you can get everybody <laughs> naked i'm fine with that if, if it's if yeah. it's all everybody it's more just when it's like the men have the armor suits that are literally look like they would protect you from anything like a meteor or hit yeah but then you have the woman who's in literally like a bikini and is supposed to have the same yeah. like armor stat you're like no that's not well, doing anything yeah though. I mean, the men, the men can be topless, but the thing is, the men also don't get assless chaps, which that that's my, it's, there's not an equality there, you know, like, if the women are going to wear assless chaps, then let the men wear them too, Everybody you know? Everybody needs, yeah. It's a system of everyone can wear whatever they want. I'm all um, right with it if everyone's on board, basically. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the same. <laughs> I get it. This is, so this is one of these series that I've always looked at and questioned whether I would actually get into it or not, um, but the, it bodes well that you're enjoying it, so... Um, it does, yeah. I'll probably add it to the list of things that eventually I will get around to playing on um, on a Switch. But I've got many long yeah. things to do on it, so we'll see. I have the attention span of a gnat, so mm. if an RPG gets my attention, <laughs> then it's probably good. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to playing the later games. Actually, I hear two and three are amazing and like they, it only gets better by by the sounds of it. So Nice. Yeah. I'm so excited. you're enjoying this? That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's why, although I haven't finished it, and I know that's a fucking cop out. At least I picked a Nintendo exclusive, but also I just didn't have much to go on. If you saw my Nintendo <laughs> Switch library, you'd be like pathetic. It's fair. I've tried to avoid things that we've spoken about quite heavily as well. So it's like there are yeah. some that you just negate because I'm like, I talked about this already. We don't need to talk about this again. That makes my number one very awkward. But anyway, let's let's right. go off of that. And uh, oh, actually, wait. There was one more thing I wanted to mention. Yeah. It's not it's not a fact, but um, there are these creatures in the game, which I love, and they're called Nopons, and they're like these little round spherical creatures, and they're just fucking adorable, and there's one called Ricky, and I love him, and I can't really explain it to you other than just saying that they're adorable, and I think you'll really like them, and uh, yeah, that's it. it. Sounds great. I'm <laughs> so when you do play it, we can talk about the Nopons. I'm very excited to talk about Nop. That's... <laughs> That's it. So what's your number two? Yes. So my number two is definitely a Nintendo exclusive this time. It is Mario versus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. I feel like, have we spoken about this before? We have. Um, but the thing I think, the episodes that I think we mentioned this in 
is the soundtrack um, ah episode. yes so this has got a great soundtrack so i'm just going to skip ahead to that and that was done by grant kirkhope our favorite of banjo and kazooie and old rare days um yes. fame. and it's just this really wonderful mix of like his music and uh kenji kondo's like original mario scores but the best word i can you oh, i don't know the best way i can describe this game is probably just charming it's just a very nice game i think it doesn't sound like if you put it down on paper Mario and Rabbids, from what we know of the Rabbids to be in the old Wii days, um, you'd think this would probably be a really weird and annoying childish game. But actually, playing it is quite a different feel to it. So it's basically kind of that of a XCOM tactics style game. So it's mm-hmm. very much like a not top down, but a little bit isometrically. You kind of move people to positions and then you kind of attack enemies that way. Um, but it's done in a really lovely blend of like humor and niceness and squishiness that's around the whole Mario kind of esque thing. So it's basically set in in the Mario land, and what happens is kind of how you would expect from the name. It just kind of rabbits get smushed into the world. It's kind of got this time travely, warpy kind of esque storyline to it, where the rabbits all kind of get thrown into the Mario world. But as they do, it kind of end up making Mario style rabbits. So you've got like a, a Mario one, a Peach one, a Luigi one, and a Yoshi, and they're all kind of these weird hybrids of Mario people, but also rabbits, and they're really stupid. Um, it's got a lot of like weird slapstick kind of childish humor, but it's done in a really nice way. And it's, I say the gameplay is actually quite challenging. So if you enjoy having like a more tactically style game, this is actually a really fun one to play. It's based on like movement and kind of hiding behind certain things um, and not getting shot on your round and then positioning yourself to attack other people in another round. It's um similar. I, I only played a tiny bit of Fire Emblem, so it's not probably a very good one XCOM's probably closer but it does feel like that kind of thing but just in a more stupid kind of way and yeah like I said the the story is kind of fun the way that it kind of goes along and kind of blends in the Mario versus stuff yeah it's just it's really difficult to describe how enjoyable this game is because it doesn't seem like it would be um and when i <laughs> saw it, it. <laughs> I th- the thing is I think because if you cover it on box art purely like, I think that by the sounds of it, you'd be like, this doesn't sound like it. I, I just wouldn't pick it up. And it was just by pure, like, fluke that I ended up playing the first one. But because of that, I really loved it. And I now I'm playing the second one on Switch as well. But I haven't... I put the first one in because that one I so far preferred the first one. Um, but I'm only, like, really early into the second one so far. But yeah, it's just it's a good time. And like I said, the soundtrack's great. I've got it on vinyl now um, because nice. I loved it so much. But it's, yeah, it's just a good time. I have game. to say that the rabbit version of Peach will yeah. forever haunt my dreams. <laughs> yeah, they are really stupid. <laughs> it's just um, terrifying. Yeah, she's got like a phone yeah. that she uses all the time. And like, there's more of them now. There's like a little, there's like weird, in the second one, there's like weird star versions of rabbits and they're just as weird. And it's just, yeah, it's weird, but great. I don't know whether I hate rabbits or not. I think the thing is, I, I'm i not a Rabbids fan. I never played any of the Rabbids stuff before this. I just meant as a species. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, I never thought I would like them yeah. as a thing um, until I played this game. And now I'm like, I'm not sold on them, 
but the Mario ones are fun. If that makes okay. sense. So, yeah. That's fine. It's just one of yeah, it's one of those things where I've never been able to quite figure out whether I hate them or I like them. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're I, mean, kinda, they're, I guess they're kind of cute in like a stupid way. Yeah. That's a, that's kind of the best way to look at them. Just kind of how I feel about really myself. Silly way. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. You kind of um, want to punch it, but then you kind of want to give it a hug. You're not quite sure. Yeah. You can't yeah, quite me. decide if you want to launch <laughs> it into the sky or not. Um, yeah. I think that's what makes it satisfying because some of the animations they've done for when each person gets like hit because you basically get shot in the face every so often um, yeah. but it's weirdly satisfying sometimes to watch it because they do just yeah. flip, like, flop about so that kind of helps so I think you'd get enjoyment out of that yeah there's really not much to say about this game um, like I said we have kind of spoken about it before as well I did manage to find some trivia and I couldn't remember if I've used the trivia before or not Ooh, let's but do it. during the intro there's like a time machine washing machine and the rabbits use it. And basically the key dates of like Nintendo and Ubisoft history are shown on it. So it's like September 23rd, 1989 of Nintendo founded. And then March 12th of 1986, Ubisoft founded. And then they've got one date for specifically just Ubisoft Milan for some reason in the mix of them. But I thought that was quite cute. It's a nice little bit of trivia. Nice. We've actually been very trivia lacking tonight. We have. It's... For some reason, I found Switch games quite difficult to find trivia on in general. Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself because I at least I normally bring it. Not that yeah. you don't, but like I normally I am the fact. <laughs> I didn't mean to sass you. I just mean like we know I love a fact, and but today I've just been completely factless. Well, you brought the facts today. You need to book up your ideas, don't you? I do. I'm not myself. <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> I promise I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> this is like cue Nikki just going into a, a spiel. I just, I need to talk about something. It's just it's a really a, long day, guys. It's going a route, you know. <laughs> Do we want to talk about our honourable mentions now then? We, we can talk about the, the little that I have, yeah. Uh, you go first for that reason. All right, I've got quite a few on here. So I've got Super Smash Bros. Because um, obviously, great. The ultimate one has been a fun time. I've got Ori in the Blind Forest because I thought this was a really lovely game to play on Switch, um, mm. but not exclusive. There's a game called Cozy Grove, which is a wonderful oh, time to play on Switch. I want to play that. It's nice. It's a bit mobile That's the only thing that I'd say okay. about it, but it is fun. It's nice. It's a cute time. Pokemon Sword and Shield. I haven't played mm. any new Pokemon, so I couldn't add those, but I'm sure they're great. I've got Hyrule Warriors, which, again, kind of cheating because it was originally a wii u game the first one look it's still nintendo it's but fine it works mario kart 8 mm-hmm. untitled goose game because fantastic yeah. and amazing thing and taiko no tatsunjin drum master oh yes of course because i love it and that's a great rhythm game yeah so my number one on mention uh needs to be mentioned because this is probably one of my top games to play on switch but animal crossing one because it's technically nintendo whereas this one isn't but that is sardi valley i think personally mm. sardi valley is a fantastic game on the switch it's a great game to play in bed i played it a lot in my bed for like 500 hours probably yeah so that's on there i have also included like mario kai mario kart and mario party obviously it's just one of those things where uh, yeah. they are one of the best games to play with people and stuff so and the other game that i mentioned because that i will mention is Akka, 
which is a game that I've been oh, playing yeah. recently. It was like a new kind of indie game that's come out where you're like a red panda and you're like this hero that's kind of retired and you're living basically on this peaceful island doing things and side quests and, and everything. And so far, like, I, I'm not 100% sure if I, how much I'm loving it, but it's a really relaxing and it's really nice. I just feel like maybe they need to, like polish it off a little bit more because it can be a little yeah. bit janky in places but it's super cute and it's kind of got those kind of like stardew animal crossing vibes which is seems to be what i love on my switch so i also just wanted to mention although they are not even nintendo games in the slightest i really still enjoy playing the old final fantasies on my nintendo switch mm. like seven eight and nine yeah. i really enjoy that so i'm just going to mention them even though you know they're not exclusives but we don't give a fuck so no i think i think you're right though they are great to play on there um, yeah, just kind of putting this. I also forgot to mention Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening because that was a fantastic little game okay. remake of it. It was a nice time. Yeah, I wasn't able to play that. I actually never got around to it. Yeah, it's fun. It's nice. It's basically just the Link's Awakening, but nice and squishy and adorable. Yeah. Nice. Well, we're on to number one. Yeah, I've got a bad feeling about this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so- I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't know why you didn't mention it in your mentions. That's what kind of get, that's what froze me off here, which is uh, I picked Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so I didn't mention it because I figured maybe by this point that that was going to thing, and I didn't want to. Yeah, I mean, we we talked. We actually, I don't even know how much we talked this game to death, to be honest with you. But I thought you would have put it in honorables. That's why I at least thought you would have said it there. But I didn't think you'd pick it because I know that you're better than me a lot of the time and you realise that we shouldn't talk about games that we've spoken about 500 times before. <laughs> but I don't give a shit, apparently. And I'm just like, no, I'm well, going to do it. So my so there was a reason for me not picking it. And that was because okay. in, my, in, my, in the way that I approached this list, in the insight to my mind, I went, what stuff did I love playing because I could have it on a Switch? Yeah, that's and I fair. love Breath of the Wild. I think it's probably one of my favourite games ever. But I could play that on like any console like i could play that on a dream like cast you know what i mean it would just be a good thing i was like i didn't but you I can't didn't... what are you saying you can't well, no, play but dream. i know but i didn't i didn't ever use it handheld i hated playing it on handheld uh, i only okay. ever wanted it on the tv so i was like mm. i would have liked it on like a, a i don't know a gamecube i would have mm. loved it on something like that i feel okay. like i could have played it on something else and it would be fun yeah. plus you can play it on the wii u so I played on my handheld mostly, to be honest, because I'm crazy like that. But I did, I did do that, and I, I did enjoy it. Um, but yeah, Breath of the Wild. I actually don't know how many times we've mentioned actually this game in itself as an actual pick. I was thinking about it, and I, I don't know. It might have been mentioned as like a, a general it's, thing of like games we played in it in in one year. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's definitely been mentioned. A it's been mentioned times. a lot, but I just don't know in what like capacity. Yeah. But, I mean, in in that case, I'm obviously not going to go too crazy into it. It came out in 2017. As you said, it did come out on the Wii U, which I didn't realise, but obviously came out on the Switch as well. Uh, and it's an instalment of the Legend of Zelda series, and it's set at the end of its timeline. And obviously, you play Link. We, we go through this situation every time we mention a Zelda game. Ganon comes back. <laughs> you play Link, Ganon comes back, tries to fuck everything up. Zelda's doing a thing, and then Link saves the day, basically. Ganon's a fuckhead, basically. But this one obviously is a bit different because it's it's more open world and you're kind of given minimal instruction to begin with. And it's, yeah, it's a very open world. There's a lot of like puzzle resolving dungeons and stuff like that. But 
it's just a great fucking game and most people have played it and you know why i don't really feel like i need to explain it properly it's it's a <laughs> it's a good game and it's i can't not say it's, it is my favorite game on the switch but we've mentioned this actually last time don't want to play it again <laughs> i don't want to play it again but no. I'm not going to play it again. But I know it was one of my favourite games on the Switch. And I'm excited for the next one, which we spoke about in our last episode. But yeah, it's just it's just a top quality game. And I'm not going to lie to myself and not put it as number one. Even if, you know, we've already done it to death. I don't care. That's come, fair. come at me. I, I do feel a little bit like a fraud by the fact that it's not in my list. But I was just so like, I can't talk about it again. But you know that I'm predictable and you know that I was going to pick it. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> at least it will get talked about because we can talk about how great it is. But you're right though. Like, it's fantastic. But I've done it to death now. I can't return to that land. There's I had these. to do. I had these visions where I was thinking that you thought that I'd be like, my top five, Mario Party. Mario Kart, <laughs> Zelda, like I was oh, Animal Crossing. I was trying so hard not to have like this most predictable list. And I uh, think I've done well to not do that. But... Oh, completely. Although I am a little <laughs> bit surprised that Mario Party wasn't mentioned because I know how much you love Mario Party. Of all the Mario type of games that you do, it's like... I do. But I guess the Switch one isn't your favourite one. But well, we have spoken about Mario Kart, Mario Party, but... <laughs> Apparently, apparently that's the thing that I draw a line at. Um, <laughs> but Zelda, Animal Crossing, no, no, no. Um, again. Yeah, I love him, but I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I, I play them with other people and friends and stuff. But but obviously these ones are a little bit more more in depth. But yeah, it's it's a great game, and I'm I'm excited for the next one. It's it's good, and it's my number one. And no. Beetle can be happy with that because he's in it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if we do mention it for anybody, it's got to be mentioned for Beadle, doesn't yeah. it? So I do actually have some facts, which I don't actually know if there are facts we have before. So I'm, I'm bringing back my factless list and shoving some in here. So apparently, this is a relevant fact. Monolith Soft, known for their work on the open world Xenoblade Chronicles series, assisted in designing the landscape and topography of this game, which uh-huh. I was like, that's cool. And makes sense, actually, because when I actually yeah. playing Xenoblade, I sort of thought this is very similar to that. Apparently, this game is the first 3D game in the series to include manual jumping. It was originally planned for The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, but this is the only one where you can actually jump, because a lot of the time, you just roll, or you, like, you can jump... You run to you... the edge of a thing, don't you? Yeah. And it just kind of auto-jumped yeah. for you. Oh, so... that's interesting. So another fact I've got is, uh, apparently the game was subtitled Breath of the Wild instead of being based on a character or item, because the development team wanted, to ty- wanted the title to reflect the nature and expansion of the world in the game. Because I thought about this, mm. and I thought... Wind Waker, it's all to do with like the thing and Ocarina of Time. Like it's always normally like the object of which is Skyward the main Sword. Thing. Yeah. yeah, not all the time, but you know, like things like even Majora's yeah. Mask. Like it does. Whereas this one is kind of has like a very different name to the other ones in, in the sense, of obviously, what is kind of like title yeah. number. So I just thought that was a cool little fact. That is a cool fact. Ah, uh, that's it really. Nice. That's, that's my number one done quick and sweet because done it to death. But there is a reason we've done it to death, because it's fantastic. So bring on number two. Yeah, hopefully it's not shit. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, my number one, I feel like I've lent straight into the Nintendo thing for our ending one. So I feel like we redeem ourselves a little bit. And I've gone for Super Mario Odyssey. So this was one of these games I didn't think of until right at the end. But then I remembered like how much I actually enjoyed it. 
I think the thing is, you know what you're getting with this game. It's it's a Mario game. And I think as long as there's been consoles, there's been Mario games, right? Like, and always for the Nintendo ones, there's always a flagship Mario game. Um, for like the Wii U, there was like the Super Mario 3D World. And I loved that one so much that when this one came out and it seemed to be doing pretty much the exact same stuff, but just like a little bit different, I was really like excited to play it. And then when I actually did play it, I found myself like, you know, when you just are having a lovely time with a game, it just makes you very happy. You're just very at peace, trundling about doing all the yeah. stuff. That's kind of how I felt like the whole time playing this game, um, just because it did everything so well. Um, it kind of does the normal, well, I'd say the 3D world stuff brought in and like Galaxy where you kind of go to a land and you can run around that land and do all the stuff. Um, but it kind of like added some extra features to it. Um, your little hat friend, Cappy, kind of like the main like thing of this game, was really nice because you could kind of end up turning into creatures, which I don't think you've ever done with a Mario Land stuff before. You could be like a fish man or, or not a fish man, you turned up to a fish. Um, or a Goomba at one point. You could be all the weird little different things you could turn yourself into with the cap. And it was just really fun and just kind of added something extra. At one point I was a giant dinosaur. I mean, what's not to like... I think that's because it added so many like of those little cool mechanics about the changing, it kind of melt made it feel like something new and it didn't feel too much like, oh, okay, I've done this once before, let's just do this again and I kinda know what I'm getting. Especially with the open world stuff as well, because there was like just because you kinda do the story, there's lots of little bits to go back and do and try and find like all the coins and do all of the stuff. It kind of just made it more fun to kind of do all of the stuff again and revisit things which I don't feel like you'd normally get you kind of do it as a straight run through and that's kind of it it was a little bit more explorationy based I guess nice yeah I've never actually I never actually played it I really want to it does look really good I'm just I'm always a bit weird with Mario games I I always missed I missed the the boat with Galaxy because what was Galaxy on was that Wii U Switch was it Switch yeah oh, not Switch shit. sorry not Switch Wii oh it was Wii okay yeah yeah, but they, it does look really fun. Like I've, I, my mum actually, I've seen my mum playing it, and it does look really, really good. And uh, yeah, but it's it's one of those things where it's like I've always wanted to pick it up, but it's it's still I think full, fully priced. Like oh yeah, it's not going like down. Mario Galaxy Mario Odyssey, but yeah, it does it does look good. Yeah, it's just I think the thing is if you like like Sunshine Mario Sunshine's probably a close yeah. relation to it. It kind of feels like those ones, um, and the story is kind of fun. You're just I mean it's normal. Mario kind of like like we're saying with Zelda right Peach gets kidnapped by Bowser off you go um there's also a hat go save a hat I have I have seen the hat yeah there's the hat and like the tiara who sits on there's a tiara which is Peach like so it's Cappy is rescuing the tiara and Mario is rescuing Peach but they're like it's Peach's tiara and Mario's hat if that makes sense is it like do the hats like get together yeah they're like official <laughs> like dating i think it's probably i don't actually think i think technically it's his sister or something like that um yeah. but i don't know i just knew that there was a tiara who got kidnapped along with princess peach and off they have to go and save it i mean there's not much in terms of deep story there there never is yeah. but yeah, there's also a really cool bits in it where you get to turn into like old school 2D pixel Mario and that's like cool. do a little bit on like a wall and stuff. Yeah, that's really fun to do. Yeah, like I said, it's just got lots of little like extra fun bits to do. 
and I just had a really good time stomping about. Do you remember in our um, in our top five video game characters that we would marry that you picked Mario? Yeah, and I <laughs> still stand by my choice because he would rescue me whatever happened to me. You know, true. He's yeah. he's loyal. He's been with Peach forever. And the fun thing about this one, actually, in the story of this is spoilers at the end you rescue peach but you and like mario and bowser are arguing over like who's gonna marry peach and peach just goes fuck both of you don't want to marry either of you i'm getting the ship and pissing off um which i appreciated so the thing is as well like if bowser's going on about fucking marrying her i mean as well as mario like maybe like who does she want to marry like exactly no offense bowser but like i don't think you're like first choice like you stole her you, you're a kidnapper like you should be going to jail yeah it's not the way to go about it no that's not how you get wives <laughs> stealing you get women wife. <laughs> you get one wife um yeah so i just want to just remind you of that fact so yeah i mean i guess he's all yours i see why you like this game now because you know you do love you do love mario I t- see i want to marry him that's where it comes from you know <laughs> yeah yeah, I, again, I don't think I have loads of fun facts about this, but I do enjoy one small fact that I found, which was around, um, there's a place you go to, like, Luncheon Kingdom, and to make the soundtrack for that, actual cooking utensils were used. Nice, okay. The yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, the rest are all just, like, general facts that nobody really cares about, so we're going to ignore that. Um, Sometimes yeah. I collect facts and I look at them and I go, no. <laughs> Why have I got this fact? Um, yeah, so I, I felt like I had to mention it just because it was it's kind of a flagship one um, similar to Breath of the Wild. But it's Mario and we can't talk about Nintendo I mean, stuff without talking about Mario. At least I'm actually very glad you have done that because it'd be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because... I feel like we might lose our podcast. Someone will appear and be like, no, yeah. this yeah. is wrong. What's wrong with you? You're not allowed one anymore. Um, but yeah, I just really enjoy it and it's just a lovely game. So fully recommend that one as my number one. Nice. Wow. I guess that ends the episode. Yeah, that's it. We have completed the lists. I that was that was a terrible time for me. <laughs> it was really stressful. <laughs> I just feel like I am a, I'm the worst Switch player ever, but I don't care because the Switch is for me. Not just for me, but you know what I mean. Like, my Switch with the games that aren't exclusives yeah. <laughs> is for me. I feel like what we've established, really, in doing this episode is that the Switch is great as a console, but it brings something very different than normal consoles do. And that ability to play stuff in your bed means that there are some games that you pick very specifically for it. It's like playing... I only pick like RTS games to play on my PC because who wants to play like civs on anything but a PC? Did you just say civs? Yeah, civilization. Oh, I thought you were trying to say Sims. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know sometimes I mess up my words, but that one, <laughs> I'm not, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I feel like yeah, for the Switch, you you sometimes there's just very specific stuff that you want. And yeah. sometimes they're not always Nintendo-based. Exactly. And, you know, if, if the Switch was just all exclusives, then it would be shit. So yeah. it's it's all good, you yeah. know? It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo hate me. Anyway. They're coming for you. 
So, yeah, that's it. Let's just do the other things that we normally do when we're shutting an episode down. Yeah, okay, cool. So if you want to find out anything else about us, anywhere else to go listen, check out anything about it, you can go to gametill5.co.uk. You can also find us on socials under Game Till 5 anywhere. Yeah. And if you really love us, please leave us a review because that is helpful. Yeah. We love it. Perfect. I'm hoping to release some more episodes from the Patreon archive soon. Uh, the next ones, I think, will be Buckle Up, Steph and Nikki reading video game fan fiction. Oh, what a time that was. It's going to be X-rated and not safe for work in any way, sense or, or, or form. And you're not going to be able to really, I don't know, it's uncomfortable. Sleep. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sleep. Um, you'll probably never want to hear from us ever again. It's it's a time we basically find the most horrendous fan fictions regarding video games there is and read them to you. It's not as relaxing as it sounds. It's, it's definitely disgusting. not a happy story time. No, some of them are funny. Some of them are truly traumatising. So look forward to that. I'll get that up and ready soon, hopefully. Nice. And if you don't see it, it's because I've decided it really is too bad for your little ears. Yeah, it's fair. And I'll put it in the bin forever <laughs> where it will stay. <laughs> anyway, this has been a wonderful time. I love Nintendo. That's it. Let's just end on that. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.